and welcome to Grace Life Rondebosch. We are a gospel-centered church family focused on reaching the unreached and making disciples. We pray that this teaching will help you to grow in your relationship with Jesus and discover more of the reality of Christianity. conversation with God. It's friendship with God. It's fellowship with the Father. A better way to say it would be communion with God. It's us communing with God. That's what prayer is. But prayer is also making known your requests. Prayer is also speaking to situations, to circumstances, to see things change. Okay? Because we've got a lot of authority. We've got prayer is exercising your authority. And inside the believer is power. So we've got the power of the Holy Spirit in us. Prayer is releasing that power to accomplish something. And that something is another topic. Okay? But before we get there, our prayer is also, we said, receiving from God. We spoke about that in, in many different circum, uh, situations um, or different uh, uh, messages so far. One of the things that we haven't necessarily looked at yet is this idea of prayer being a continual exercise. Prayer being a continual exercise. I'll mention this from last week. If you look at um, Jesus and, and the account of the fig tree that we were looking at, I like what Jesus said about if, you, if any man say to this mountain, be removed. He, he was saying that prayer is speaking out. It's not a thought. You can't speak to God in your mind. But if you're wanting to exercise authority, you don't exercise authority in your mind. Okay? You exercise authority with your mouth by speaking out. Okay? But here's the thing. 1 Thessalonians 5.17 says, Pray without ceasing. It's not the shortest verse in the Bible, but it's up there. Okay? The shortest is two words. Jesus wept. <laughs> this one is three words. And it's a pray without ceasing. Okay? What does without ceasing mean? Without stopping. Continual. It's a, a continuing instant. Without ceasing. Always with. Continue in. This is one of the markers in, with regard to prayer. It's not just a, an, a, an event and, or a, 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 a ritual that we keep for a certain time. It's something that should happen as a lifestyle. That's the idea that this is bringing across. Prayer is lifestyle. Now, I love mentioning this. Uh, 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 so I'll mention it again. And that is when we look at the Word, we see a lot, and you'll see tonight, a lot about prayer. And in prayer, you'll see a lot about um, praying without ceasing or continually praying. And we're going to look at what did they pray for in the New Testament, okay? Because that gives us an idea as well of what to pray for. But here's the thing. We see very little about singing, <laughs> Very little about singing. And yet, worldwide, the church makes a bigger deal of singing than they do of prayer. <clears throat> you know, uh, if you have a worship service, meaning with singing, you'll have more people attend than if you have a prayer service. Some of you would prefer a worship service than a prayer service. Some of you will pay to go to a worship service, but you won't pay to go to a prayer meeting. You know, we, we don't actually ever have a, I've never heard of a, a pay to pray meeting. Maybe we should start it. We can start. I think that's a pay to pray is a good um, slogan as well. And then we can uh, make some money. Yeah. Uh, sorry? We can, yeah, 
pay, pay your way to... Here we go. We can get there. But here's the thing. <laughs> we looked at Mark 11. Oh, no, we didn't. But we're going to look at Mark 11 now. And in Mark 11, we see that after he had thrown out the, the tables, thrown over the tables of the money changers, okay, he casts them out that were selling things and buying things in the temple. And uh, this is the conversation. This is what happened. Okay, so Mark eleven fifteen to 17. It says, And they came to Jerusalem, and Jesus went into the temple and began to cast them out that sold and bought in the temple and overthrew the tables of the money changers and the seats of them that sold doves. Now, there's many things we can get out of this, and it, but it's amazing what people avoid getting out of this. <laughs> you know, um, I don't have a problem with, and, and I've done this as well, but like if you're going to have a service or whatever, of if you've got a book, selling your book or something like that, because the book costs money to make, you know, and maybe it's a helpful book. But a lot of places you go to, it's really just a money-making thing to have a, a book and table, book table at the back or something like that. And it, it mustn't be about trying to buy and sell in the church. So we mustn't have trinkets either. That's what this is mostly referring to. You're having your special oil and your holy cross at the back and your autographed picture of Jesus. Yeah, th those kind of things don't fly. Or they shouldn't fly. They would. How many of you would buy an autographed picture of Jesus? I've got one. I'll sell it after the service to the highest bidder. Okay? I've got one of Paul too. <laughs> Look at verse 16. And would not suffer that any man should carry any vessel through the temple. And he taught. <laughs> what I like about Jesus always taught. In, even in a circumstance like this. He's busy throwing tables around. And yet he's teaching. <laughs> Here, he's throwing tables around and yet he starts to teach. He taught them, saying, it, it, Is it not written, My house shall be called of all nations the house of prayer, but you have made it a den of thieves. So in other words, when we look at this house, a distinctive feature of the house is that it would be a house of prayer. prayer. That means that's the primary thing going on. That's the main function here. It's talking about ceaseless prayer. Praying without ceasing. That's why it's called the house of prayer. That's where prayer can be found. Prayer is offered. Prayer is engaged in. Okay? It's not the house of logic. It's not the house of commerce. It's not the house of intelligence. You get some of those things, right? It's not the house of uh, whatever else, but it's the house of prayer. Okay? And we could say it's the house of exercising authority. That's what it's, you could say it's talking about. Exercising authority. For what purpose? To get something. To engage in something. For a purpose. Okay, so <clears throat> let's look at, uh, this is what Isaiah, um, Jesus was quoting Isaiah. In Isaiah 56 verse 7. Now this is, the, this is the, just an interesting point for everybody. You've heard me say this a couple times if you've been listening. And I'll say it again. Jesus, Paul, Peter, all of them in the New Testament never say anything new. Anything that they say can be traced back to somewhere between Genesis and, and Malachi. And so this is what Jesus is talking. He's teaching from the, 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 the Torah. He's not the Torah, but he's teaching from the prophets. He's teaching from the Old Testament. And he says in, it says in Isaiah 56 verse 7, Even them will I bring to my holy mountain and make them joyful in my house of 
prayer, their burnt offerings and their sacrifices shall be accepted upon mine altar. For mine house shall be called a house of prayer for all people. Okay, so when Jesus said, my house, what was he talking about? You're his house. Yes, that's right. <laughs> so it's not the building. You know, there's a lot of dodgy things going on in this building in the week. Look at the murals. <laughs> there's a lot of things going on that we wouldn't want to participate in. Okay? I'm not saying dodgy, maybe as in a sinful, some of it, but sometimes it's more like it's just odd. Okay, we're odd to them, they're odd to us, but it's fine. We love them. But what I'm trying to say is that uh, Jesus was referring to not a place, but a people. Okay? And so let's see how he further explains this. John chapter 2, verse 19 to 22. Jesus answered and said unto them, Destroy this temple. You remember this? What's he talking about? He's not talking about a building. They thought he was talking about a building. So now we must remember Jesus' language when we're interpreting the Bible. This house shall be a house of prayer. Now he's saying this temple, destroy it. So keep, keep with Jesus' way of interpreting. Okay? Keep with Jesus' way of interpreting. Destroy this temple and in three days I'll raise it up. Then said the Jews, Forty and six years was this temple and building. And wilt thou rear it up in three days? But he spake of the temple of his body. When therefore he was risen from the dead, his disciples remembered that he had said this unto them, and they believed the scripture and the word which Jesus had said. So clearly, he's referring to his body. Okay? And what was his body? What is his body? The church. Okay? So he's talking about the church. Matthew 16, verse 18. And I said also unto thee, that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. So what is he built his church? Oh, he has built his church, his body, and we are members of his body. Okay, I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. He will build his people. His dwelling place is people, not stones. Okay, God doesn't live in stones. He lives in living stones, which is what we are. 1 Corinthians 12, verse 27. Now ye are the body of Christ, and members in particular. See, we're all part of a spiritual building, the body. Ephesians 1.20, which he wrought in Christ, when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in the heavenly place, far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in that which is to come, and has put all things under his feet and given him to be head of all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him that fills all in all. Ephesians 5.30, we are members of his body and of his flesh and of his bones. So today we are the father's house. You are the father's house. I'm assuming you're a Christian. We are all the place where God dwells. 1 Corinthians 3, 6. Know ye not that you are the temple of God and that His Spirit dwelleth in you? So where is God's Spirit? Let me poke a little bit. I'm going to poke a little bit, okay? I'm not answering this, I'm just poking. We'll talk about it another time. This is my, my draw card, my, what do you call it? My bait for next time, another time. Not next week though. Uh, <clears throat> where is Jesus? 
I thought he was in heaven. Isn't he coming back? Is Jesus coming back soon? Where from? Okay, let's move on. <laughs> so good, some good questions. Think about it. 1 Corinthians 6.19. Not our topic for today. What? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost which is in you, which you have of God, you are not your own. Okay? 2 Corinthians 6.14. Be not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship has righteousness with unrighteousness? And what communion has light with darkness? What concord hath Christ with Belial? Or what part has the, the, he that believeth with the infidel, those that don't believe? What agreement has the temple of God with idols? For ye are the temple of the living God. Who's the temple of the living God? So I am a house of prayer. I am a house of prayer. Amen? You are a house of prayer. Ephesians 2.21 In whom all the building fitly framed together groweth unto a holy temple in the Lord, in whom ye also are builded together for an habitation of God through the Spirit. Hebrews 3.6 But Christ as a son over uh, his own house, whose house we are, if we hold fast the confidence and the rejoicing of hope firm unto the end. So we are his house. Isaiah 56 verse 7 even them will I bring to the, my holy mountain and make them joyful in my house of prayer. Their burnt offerings and their sacrifices shall be accepted upon mine altar. Mine house shall be called a house of prayer for all people. So, Isaiah, his uh, prophecies in Isaiah 56 verse 7 is about the church, about the body of Christ, and about the believer being the house of prayer. Obviously, when we come together, this is now a house of prayer. This building is now a house of prayer because we are here. But tonight at midnight, it's not. Unless something's happening that we're unaware of. Okay, I think there's three churches that meet in this building. Okay, including us. So there's three. If, they have, if they're here, it's a house of prayer. Okay, but uh, at two o'clock in the morning, it's not. Unless they're coming for some special ceremony. Okay, so the house of prayer must constantly be active. When we are by ourselves, we need to be engaging in prayer. When we come together, we're engaging in prayer. Okay? So this explains pray without ceasing. Because we are the house of God. So wherever we go, we're talking to Him. We're fellowshipping with Him. We're communing with Him. So let's look at some examples of prayer in the Bible, in the New Testament, because it shows us what we should and could pray for. Okay? And how we can engage. And then I think next week we'll be moving on to Holy Spirit. Okay, so. There we go. I don't know what happened there. Acts chapter 1 verse 14. <clears throat> Examples of prayer in the book of Acts. So firstly, it says, They continued with one accord in prayer and supplication with the woman. See, women are allowed to pray too. And Mary, the mother of Jesus and with his brethren. Okay, so what I want you to see here is that word continued is talking about constantly being diligent in prayer. Okay, it's talking about pray without ceasing. It's talking about an, act, an active activity, something we're engaging in. Okay, they continued with one accord in prayer. 2.42, and they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine, fellowship, and breaking of bread, and in? 
singing worship songs. It doesn't even say that in the whole of that chapter. I love singing. But it's saying that they continued in prayer. They prayed together. Okay, I think there's a lot of misunderstanding around prayer and there's a lot of misinformation which leads to um, prayer being not so great. Like we don't want to do it. If you have a prayer service, you don't want to do it because it feels like a waste of time sometimes. It does. I, I'll be honest. When, when I was a... Uh, uh, um, um, the church, one of the churches I was in uh, uh, many years ago, we would have a, a, an all-night prayer meeting and I wouldn't go. Why would I want to go to an all-night prayer meeting? Because I don't know what I would say for all night. <laughs> you know, it's about eight hours long. That's long. You know? But they had a, the, one of the churches I was at had a, an all-night worship meeting. I forgot about that. I was there. All night we worshiped. It was nice. It was amazing. It was lovely. You know, we dress up. A, we should dress up a worship service as a prayer meeting because you can do that. And then, it's, then it's more like you'll get bouncy or something. I don't know. What, what verse are we on? Two forty-two. Look at two forty-six. They continued daily with one accord in the temple, breaking bread from house to house. So there was always food. They ate. Amen. <laughs> So they broke bread from house to house, did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart. Okay, so they continued daily in one accord in the temple and from house to house. So they were always actively together. Whenever they were together, there was prayer. Okay, 6.4. We will give ourselves continually to prayer and the ministry of the word. This is now talking about the elders of the church and their responsibility. One of the things we as pastors are constantly, we've challenged ourselves a lot on is carving out more time in our schedules to spend time praying. Not just preparing for messages and not just meeting with people. But praying because prayer is where we hear from God. Prayer is where we're able to receive direction and, and all of that kind of stuff. Okay? And, and be built up. 8.13, still in Acts. And Simon himself believed also. And when he was baptized, he continued with Philip and wondered, beholding the miracle and sign which he had done. So now I'm, I'm talking about this word continued with. This is talking about a devotion and a commitment. So the same way that uh, Simon was committed to continue with Philip and receive discipleship and go with him, that's the same way that we need to be committed to prayer. Okay? Yeah, let's look in the epistles as, as some examples. In Romans chapter 13, verse 6, it says, For this cause you pay tribute also, for they are God's ministers, attending continually upon this very thing. So attending continually is the kind of commitment and devotion that we should be giving to, to prayer. Okay, look at this in Colossians 4, 2. Continue in prayer. And watch in the same with thanksgiving. You know, I, when I was preparing for this, I was like, it's important for us to kind of list all these things because we don't realize how important this actually is. And for me, it was always more of a religious thing that with Grace Life, we kind of just carved it out and said, pray as you go. Because, you know, it, it seems to fit better. But now that the extreme 
uh, uh, error is maybe washed out of us. It's kind of like now we're getting into a place of, wow, this is important. We need to, we need to prioritize it more <clears throat> in a positive way. Now Luke chapter 5, verse 16, look at what Jesus did. He withdrew himself into the wilderness and prayed. How many of you have done that? <laughs> you withdrew to the wilderness and you prayed. Luke chapter 22, 39. And he came out and went and he was wont to the Mount of Olives and his disciples also followed him. And when he was at, that, uh, at the place, he said to them, Pray that you enter not into temptation. And he was withdrawn from them about a stone's cast, and he knelt down and prayed. And he was want, means that you, don't, that you do something by habit. And he was want, that phrase means that it was a habit. Okay? So, and he was want, he went there as a habit to pray. Okay? So this shows us that we should not only be diligent and continuous in prayer, but it should be a habit for us. Of prayer not just a, oh God something's gone wrong I need to pray like th that's when most Christians pray but we should have a habit of actually engaging in prayer even as a church which we do on Tuesdays at 2 p.m. online so prayer is not just a necessity but it's a responsibility you know, even in if you look at Peter in the book of Acts Acts chapter 6 verse 4. Look, look at how he says this. He says, But we will give ourselves continually, continually to prayer and the ministry of the word. The word ministry there is, is talking about service. Okay? Service. That's what ministry is. And um, prayer is seen there, if you put it all together, as a service, as a ministry. So there's ministry in prayer. Prayer isn't just... For you, prayer is together. This is one of the things I was thinking about as I was preparing. Is so often when we, we think about prayer and we think of, and we're learning about prayer, we focus on it in an individualistic sense. How can I pray? I need to commit some time to prayer. I need to talk to God about my, my studies, my, my family, my, my business, my whatever. I need to engage with God in prayer. Amen, you must. But if you look throughout the book of Acts, there's a lot of examples of corporate prayer, of praying together. And so it's important that we don't just commit to individually praying, which is important, but we need to be committed to corporately praying. And one of the purposes of us having this uh, sermon series is to get more and more into praying together before the service, and we'll see, maybe we'll add in another slot somewhere. But for us to be able to pray together for the purpose of filling this room. Why would our prayer fill this room? I'm not talking about our noises filling this room. But why would this room be filled with people as the result of our prayer? Because God would love us more. Amen? <laughs> I'm joking. It doesn't work like that. Just because we pray doesn't mean that God loves us and He's going to send people. I don't know if I said this here or where I said this, but God doesn't send people. God is not going to send people to fill this room. You know, in, it, I don't know what will come of it, but we were having a discipleship uh, 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 meeting before the, before the service at Cavendish, and um, someone overheard us talking, 
And they came and they said, you guys, I, heard, I think I overheard you talking about the Bible. We were like, yes. And they said, uh, what, you know, do you go to a church or what? And I said, yes. And so they said, can I get your number? I'm looking for a church. I've just moved here. Okay. So God didn't send them. God put us there, maybe tried to get them to go there or whatever so that they would overhear, yes, but now they've got to decide to come or I've, we've got to sit on them and invite them to come. But if we go out, we can bring people in. Why would our prayers fill this place? Because we'd be praying and engaging with God in prayer about God, show us how we can reach more people. God, show us where we can go to reach more people. Show us how we can, 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 can reach more people and help them step from darkness to light. So that's why ministry or prayer is a ministry. Amen? Amen. Let's look at what Paul prayed for. Or sometimes what he asked for prayer for. Romans chapter 15 verse 30. Now I beseech you brethren. For the Lord Jesus Christ's sake. And for the love of the spirit. That ye strive together with me in your prayers to God for me. How amazing is that word. The, the words used there. He's, he's, he's asking that we would strive together with him in prayer to God. How many of us can say, honestly, we strive in prayer? Now, we're not talking about legalism. We're not talking about legalism. Forget about legalism. A lot of people get into stuff like this and they're like, that's legalism. You know, they get their grace oil out and they're throwing it at you. <laughs> this isn't like, you're saved by grace. Your relationship with God is by grace. But now, you're called into ministry as a believer. The call of every single person on the face of the earth is to relationship with God. Every, God is calling everyone in the whole world to have a relationship with Him, to salvation. When you receive the call and you become a child of God, you have a new calling. And the calling is into ministry. Every single one of us has a call into ministry. Part of that ministry is prayer. We pray, we commune with God, we fellowship with God, and then we, we, uh, uh, we get direction from God and we move with God. Okay? Um, but let me read verse 13. That I may be delivered from them. Now he's also asking, pray that I would be delivered from them that do not believe in Judea, Judea, and that my service which I have for Jerusalem may be accepted of the saints. So basically he's saying, Pray with me, pray for me, that I would be able to minister. Why? Because sometimes there are hindrances to ministry. Okay? Pray, you know, pray for, for me to be able to get a, a clear path to be able to reach people. 2 Thessalonians 3.1 Finally, brethren, pray for us that we would make lots of money and have the most comfortable life in the whole li uh, world. <laughs> doesn't say that, does it? Okay, it says, pray that the word of the Lord may have free course and be glorified, even as it is with you, that we may be delivered from unreasonable and wicked men, for all men have not faith. <laughs> so there are unreasonable men out there, and women, who, <clears throat> who would seek to distract us from preaching the gospel, or seek to stop us from preaching the gospel. And Paul is saying, pray with us that we would be able to just keep, keep preaching, keep ministering without these hindrances. Okay? Here's another thing. So he's praying for deliverance from hindrances to the ministry. And he's praying for the ministry to be received. Those are two things that we can pray for. 
Okay? What are some of the hindrances to ministry in this area, in our community? We must pray against those things. What are some of the, uh, the, the hindrances? We can ask God to show us and then we pray into that. Here's another one. Ephesians 6, 18. Praying, with, uh, praying always. How many times? Always. With all prayer and supplication in the Spirit. Now that phrase, in the Spirit, is what we're going to talk about next week. Okay? In the Spirit, when we... Yeah, your words, your English, your Afrikaans, your whatever language you speak. Japanese, Portuguese, Taiwanese, I don't know. Money, please, the box is at the back. But the point is, is that whatever, <laughs> whatever language we talk in is limited. Have you ever spoken with someone and then you just run out of things to say? Really? Have you? Not you. Isabella? You've always got something to say. <laughs> I'm joking. But the thing is, is like, like sometimes, even as, as, as much as you, you might talk so much and so well, we run out of things to say. Sometimes it's nice just to be quiet or you like, you've spoken about like this topic and you've exhausted it. Now, what else is there to say? Sometimes it's like that in prayer. I don't know what else to pray about for this person. Or I don't know what's going on in this person's life. So what do I do? I pray in the spirit, which is tongues. That's what we're talking about next week. Okay. So praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit. Watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. So this is saying where our prayers are, who our prayers are directed towards. Who are our prayers directed towards? The saints. St. Matthew, St. Peter. We're not Catholic. Okay, we're not praying to the saints. Okay, we're not praying to the saints. You're praying for, uh, uh, what's your name again? St. Jamie. St. <laughs> Sean. You know, we're praying for St. Hannah. We, 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 this is St. Cory. St. Lucas. Anyone got a very biblical name? I can't think. John. John and John Mark. There we go. Those are the saints. We don't pray through them. We pray for them. We don't pray to them. We pray for them. Okay? So that's what this is saying. Praying for all the saints. And for me. Amen. That utterance... That utterance may be given unto me, that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel. That last line is what he's asking for prayer for. And this is what I would ask for prayer for from you. Okay? That I may have utterance. Meaning, I would have words to say. And this isn't just talking about utterance as in, I mean, I've got words to say. Okay? I don't need more English. I need more revelation. So it's a case of you're praying for me for more utterance. What is that talking about? It's as I'm praying in the Spirit, I'm having more revelation so that I can now speak more English to you. Okay? That's what it's talking about. Okay? So praying that I would have more utterance and that I may open my mouth boldly. Not just here, but everywhere. That I go as a minister. And you pray this for all the ministers. Okay? Um, and that's, what's the other part there? Where am I? There we go. That I, to make known the mystery of the gospel. So this is what I need to be bold in. Genesis to Malachi contains a mystery. And I need to be bold to bring forth the answer to that mystery. The revelation of that mystery. To explain that mystery. Okay, so then Colossians 4, 2. Continue in prayer. 
and watch in the same with thanksgiving. Withal, praying always for us, that God would open to us a door of utterance to speak the mystery of Christ, for which I'm also in bonds, that I may make it manifest as I ought to speak. So, what are we praying for? Boldness and, not boldness, <laughs> boldness and utterance. I don't think I'm going to go bold. <laughs> boldness and utterance. Okay, that's what we're praying for, 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 for ministers of the gospel. Uh, in his letter to the church at Colossa, he points out um, the example of Epaphras, Epaparas, you can choose which, uh, how you want to pronounce the name. But this is the example that he, he gives of Epaparas. It's one of prayer. Okay, we've got a couple of teachings. I was, I've taught on Epaparas for, for 10, 13 years or so. And uh, I, I've gone with Epaparas for 13 years. So... <laughs> you might even know there was a, was a paparas. But look at Colossians uh, chapter 4 verse 12. Okay, it's there. See? Epaparas. <laughs> Epaparas, who is one with you, a servant of Christ, salutes you, always laboring fervently for you in prayer, that ye may stand perfect and complete in all the will of God. So now, Paul is pointing out Epaparas as an example to us. He's pointing out Epaparas as an example that we should follow. Okay? So now, we, 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 how is Epaparas described? Always laboring fervently for you in prayer. Always laboring fervently in prayer. Here you get some people, I'm praying for you. And then you get some people who you know they're praying for you. And that they're praying fervently for you. That's even something else. God bless Jamie. Compared to God. <laughs> no, I'm joking. <laughs> we don't pray like that. <laughs> anyway. Epaparas was a Christian minister who spent much time praying for the church in Colossae. So much so that Paul mentions it. Okay, that, 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 that's quite a good example. Look at uh, Philemon, or Philemon, 123. So Philemon says in 123, There salute thee, Epaparas, <laughs> my fellow prisoner in Christ Jesus. I'm holding it together pretty good here. We were recording for TV the other day, and in the last one, I was crying. I was honestly just crying, so much so that Etienne had to kind of try and pull it together, because we never take a retake. So, <laughs> I'll send you the video. If you're not on the, this, the Rondebosch comms group, you're going to miss out. The church in the book of Acts was given to prayer. Okay, let's look at a couple of verses very quickly. I'm going to run through these. Acts chapter 1 verse 14. They all continued with one accord in prayer. Okay, Acts 2.42, they continued steadfastly. And then at the end of the sentence, in prayer. Acts 3 verse 1. Are you keeping up with me, Lucas? Good. Acts 3 verse 1. Now Peter and John went up together to the temple at the hour of prayer. Okay? That was their Jewish custom. So we don't have to go at that time to the temple. If you go to the temple, rather don't. <laughs> you can stay home and pray or come to church when we come to, together to pray. Okay? But prayer was important. Acts 4.31, and when they had prayed, the place was shaken. 
How awesome is that? Where they were assembled. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and spake with the Word of God with boldness. We haven't had the place shake yet when we've had some meetings, but we have had some wild things happen in, in some of our prayer meetings. You know, the best, if you want to experience something like that, come on to the Friday ministry night. There's one coming up. We'll advertise it uh, this coming week. That, that's where, where, where we swing from the chandeliers. Acts 6.4 But we will give ourselves continually to prayer and the ministry of the word. Acts 12 verse 5 Peter therefore was kept in prison, but prayer was made without ceasing of the church unto God for him. You know, when we were in um, Zim, when we were on our way to Zim for the last mission, um, with the boot campers, I got there ahead of time, and uh, uh, obviously myself and Pastor Isaac, we were praying for the team coming, and it was amazing, because God woke him up at about two in the morning to pray for the team, and at that time, they were having a breakdown with the bus that they were coming on. And uh, uh, in the morning, he got to me, not knowing anything, and he said, I just felt like while I was praying for them, that the bus is done. And I said, I'm just busy organizing a flight now. <laughs> and so God had shown him what to pray for, and we were praying, and they had, it was a, like, kind of like such a smooth transition, right? It was pretty smooth because of the prayer that was offered for them. Lucas was there. No one else was here, there, I don't think. But the point is, is that, that, that because of prayer, they were protected. Because of prayer, they, they, nothing else... You know, what happened to the vehicle, the bus, was pretty bad. The axle pretty much fell out, so, or something like that. That's pretty bad. While you're, you're driving on a highway for the, <laughs> the undercarriage to just give way, that, that's pretty bad. But nothing happened because we were praying for them. Okay? Why sometimes do things go wrong? Because there's no saints praying. Dead serious. I can't tell you how many times God's shown me something and trying to show me something about praying for someone and I just ignore this still small voice. Sounds shocking. I'm the pastor. But it's just like this person that I don't usually see or don't usually think of comes up in my mind and I'm thinking about them and I'm like, this is so random. I've learned now that it doesn't matter how random I pray for them. But at least two people have died <laughs> that, that I've had that with. And then when I hear about their death, I'm like, huh, that's why, you, <laughs> why I was thinking of them, Lord. Okay, I'll, 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 learn, I'll learn better the, the next time. Thank you for your grace. Amen. Where were we? Acts 12. 12 verse 5. 12, 12 says, <clears throat> And when he had considered the thing... He came to the house of Mary, the mother of John, whose surname was Mark, where, they, uh, where many were gathered together praying. So we're all going to go to John Mark's house to pray. <laughs> Amen? <laughs> Amen? You were waiting for it, John Mark. Acts 13 verse 1. I like this one. Now... They were in the church, they were at Antioch, certain prophets and teachers as Barnabas and Simeon, that was called Niger, and Lucius of Cyrene and Manion, which had been brought up with Herod the Treacherous and Saul. As they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Ghost said, now this is the point that I want to make. The believers came together for prayer. This is what we do at Friday ministry nights. We come together to worship and to pray and to, to see what God wants to do. 
And in moments like this, what we see is it's not church service. You could call it a Holy Spirit service. Where we're just waiting on God and He's leading, He's directing, He can, he can do what He wants to do. And in this one, the, the, the Holy Spirit spoke and said, Separate me, Barnabas and Saul, for the work I've called them to. And so then they, they prayed, they laid hands on them and sent them away. And so in moments like that, God will speak and it'll be directional and it'll be clear and <clears throat> nothing happens if we don't meet. Nothing happens if we don't pray. But something always happens when we do. So, in all the scriptures that we've just looked at through the book of Acts and the epistles, no one's ever exempted from prayer. No one ever has an exemption not to attend. No one ever has a reason or, or, or a, um, an allowance not to pray. This is for all of us. Everyone was taught. Everyone was instructed. Everyone prayed. Everyone was. This is for everybody. Okay? It wasn't optional. You know, ch prayer shouldn't be a department in church. We don't have a prayer department, actually. But it shouldn't be a, a department. Prayer is part of the life of the church where we get together and we pray. And if you're free on Tuesdays at 2, join us. It's just 30 minutes. There'll be more opportunities. But you know what? I, I kind of try and... If I'm not leading... If I am leading, sometimes people try and start ministering to each other in the meeting, and it's good. I like that. But for that 30 minutes, I prefer if we're praying into other things. So I always try and kind of lead it. But, you know, if God wants to minister to people in the, in the meeting, it's awesome. They can. <laughs> Let them be ministered to. But here's, a, here's, a, here's an important one that I wanted to focus on tonight. And that this is... This, is, the, the, this shows us some, some of Paul's prayers. Okay, Ephesians 1.15 Wherefore I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus, and love unto all the saints. Love unto all the saints. Colossians 1 verse 4 Since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus, and of the love which you have unto all the saints. Okay, now he's speaking specifically about love unto all the saints. And in those books you can see how they prayed for those saints. So love is expressed in prayer. If you really love someone, you'll be praying for them. Okay, if you really love the, 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 your church family, you won't just be praying, you'll be giving. <laughs> if you love someone, you'll give them gifts. If you don't, then you won't. Amen? Are you smiling there? <laughs> Sorry, guys. I retract that. <laughs> now... He gave instructions consistently to the same churches to pray for the saints. So what he's basically saying is that demonstrating love is by praying for people. Okay? Look at Romans chapter 12, from verse 9. It says, Let love be without dissimulation. Abhor that which is evil. Cleave to that which is good. Be kindly affectionate one to another with brotherly love in honor preferring one another. Not slothful in business, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord, rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, continuing instant in prayer. Instant or continually. Okay? So, a believer's demonstration of love for the other believer is by spending quality time in prayer for the others. If you know someone has a need, pray for them. Don't, obviously, if you can help them with their need, help them with their need. But pray for people. 
As you know, it's a great exercise to pray in the Spirit, and as someone pops up on your heart, just pray for them. Ask God for a word of encouragement for them. Send them the word of encouragement. You don't have to say, I was praying for you. And you can just say, hey, I just had you on my heart and I felt X, Y, and Z. When I do this in the week, I usually do this quite regularly. It's amazing. Kind of once you start, it just starts to flow. Once you start, it just starts to flow. I particularly try and remind myself to do this with old friends on a Friday. I call it Friend, friend Fire Friday. <laughs> Never said that out loud. <laughs> and what I do is I kind of just go through my phone book and as I see old friends that I haven't seen in years, I kind of pray for them and I send them a word of encouragement. You know how spot on I am often. It's shocking. I, like Because I don't know what's going on in their life. So I, I messaged this one friend of mine, old friend that I haven't seen in 15 years, and I, I messaged him and uh, he was in banking and he was in ministry in another country. And I messaged him and I said, hey... I had to look for your number. We haven't spoken since 2021. I said, I don't know what's happening in your life, but I kind of just, as I was praying for you, felt like a shift. And I felt like, and I was like, God, I don't know anything about what's happening, but this is where you hear from God and you step out. And I just started saying that things like, um, I feel like you're this and... and, and, um, I kind of was, I think I was saying something about you're going, into, to, to, you're going full-time and I feel like you're, you're kind of drawing back an arrow and I can see as you're shooting this arrow, there's a, it's going in five different directions all at once. And I said, and this and that, the next thing. And he messaged me back and he said, you're the second person to tell me that this week. <laughs> and he said, I'm now in full-time ministry and we're about, we, we, I think he said they, they're considering five church plants or something like that. So it was like that specific. God can use you like that. That's the same couple that years back, uh, uh, I had them on my heart before they were married. And I messaged the one, I I remember I was uh, uh, at Canal Walk and I had them on my heart and I was praying for them and I messaged them and I messaged him first and then I messaged her and I can't remember what I said to him. But with her, as I was just encouraging her, I said to her, I just, this came up in my heart. This is what happened, what we should all be operating in. Came up in my heart and I just said, I just feel like the Lord saying, don't rush into anything. Don't, don't make decisions too quickly. Just relax. Just relax. Take it easy. Seek Him first. Get some wise counsel. Something like that. She messaged me back and she said, I was just about to break up with Him. Because it's a multicultural relationship and she said, uh, it's very difficult. I'm struggling with it. My family has been difficult with this and that, the next thing. And so she, she was just expressing that and she said, I believe what you're saying is from God, so I'm going to hold on. I think they've got three or four kids now and then ministry together. So it's like you don't know what your word of encouragement can do for somebody. That was a couple of years, probably six years before I was in ministry. I say that to say I was in varsity at the time. So you can do it, all of you. You don't have to be in full-time ministry like me for it. I did it before I was in ministry. Anyway, when we're praying for people, we're expressing love towards them. Another friend of mine, I messaged, I was like, I don't know what's going on in your life, but I feel like God's just saying, and I just started sharing some things, and I don't remember what I said, but then he messaged me back and he said, everything you just said is 100% what I've just gone through. And he shared about how he's going through a divorce and, and uh, 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 there were some problems and the wife left and whatever. And, and he was like, like, I don't know how you know, but thank you. You don't know what you can do because you've got God. 
So, one of the things we saw last week is that we don't have a faith problem because you've received the spirit of faith, really. You've received the spirit of Christ. And so when we're praying for people, you know, what you do is you, if, if you don't pray in the spirit, that's fine. Your, next week will be your, your, your time to shine. But then you, you, you just you start to pray in the spirit or you just start to pray in English or Chinese or whatever language you pray in and you're like, Father, just show me someone. And someone will jump to your heart and you're like, I don't know why I'm thinking of them. I just speak your blessing over them, Father. I just thank you for them. And, and then just show me what I should pray for them. Give me a word of encouragement for them, Father. I don't know how you would do this without tongues, but you know, if you're praying in tongues, it's easier. Uh, and then as you're praying in the Spirit, <laughs> revelation comes into your mind, and then understanding comes, and then just message it to them. Or go across the room and share it with them. Encourage people with this. This is part of our ministry to the build up the church <laughs> by stepping out and encouraging and blessing people. So we're going to engage in this a little bit in a minute. But I want to kind of just encourage you because you might be feeling, I can't do that. I don't have enough faith. So I want to go back to that thought that we had last week of you've got enough faith and, and just look at a couple of verses quickly because you'd ne- you do not have a faith problem. 2 Corinthians 4.13 We have the same spirit of faith according as it is written, I believed, therefore I have spoken. We also believed and therefore speak. So we've received, we've all received of the faith the moment you hear the gospel and you respond positively to it. You receive the spirit of faith. Okay? Look at Ephesians 2.8. For by grace you are saved through faith. That not of yourselves, it's the gift of God. What is the gift of God there? One of the things is faith. Yes, salvation is the gift of God. But yes, grace is the gift of God. But faith is also the gift of God there. Okay? So you've been given the gift of uh, um, grace. What is it? Great, no? Faith, thank you. And like the verse before that says, it's the same spirit of faith. Okay? Romans chapter 10 verse 10. With the heart man believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. And then you jump down to 17. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. The word cometh there is in italics if you look in your Bible. It's not on the screen because that's not a Bible, it's a screen. But if you look in your Bible and it's a King James, you'll see it's italicized. If a word in your King James Bible or some other translation sometimes is an italics, it's added by the translators to make grammatical sense, which means it's not supposed to be there. Sometimes it's helpful, sometimes it's not helpful. Sometimes it's helpful, sometimes it's not helpful. Okay? In this instance, if we take cometh out of the text, it should read faith, so then faith is by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Okay? Faith is by hearing. But what this is trying to explain is that when you believe the gospel, you're now a believer. You've got faith. You don't have a faith problem. Now, you're not pursuing faith. What are you pursuing? Knowledge. Because faith, how does it put it? Is by hearing. Faith is by hearing. It's not wrong to say cometh by hearing, but we need to see that in hearing is faith. 
So you hear the truth of God's word and now there's faith present to be able to accomplish what needs to be accomplished. Okay? Your greatest need is to pursue knowledge of what you've got in Christ and who you are in Christ. That's why Paul prayed so often about knowledge. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 16. These are things that you can pray over yourself. These are things that you can pray for other people. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 16. I cease not to give thanks for you, making mention for you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him. Better translated, that, that last part should say, may give unto you the spirit that brings wisdom and revelation. There's one spirit, not two. Okay, and the spirit brings wisdom and revelation. In the knowledge of Him is showing what that wisdom and that revelation does. Is it gives you a deeper relationship with God. That's a good thing to pray for other people. Father, I pray that uh, uh, Sumi would have a revelation of your goodness and that that revelation of you would help her to be able to have a better relationship with you. Because her relationship with you isn't that good right now, Father. So we want you to take her deeper. No, I'm joking. She's got a good relationship with God, but everyone's relationship can be better. Okay? So that's why we pray that for people. Uh, verse 18, that the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know the hope of your, His calling, not your calling, His calling, and what the riches of the glory of inheritance in the saints. So it's all talking about revelation. Father, I'm praying that Kari would have revelation in her life, that her eyes would be open, that she would see more of your calling, not her calling, because you don't have a calling. You've got His calling. So you've got to discover His calling, and that's what, what, what say, Paul is praying for the reader there. Ephesians 3, 13. For this cause, I bow my knee unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family in heaven and in earth is named, that He would grant you, according to the riches of His glory, to be strengthened with might by, the, by His Spirit in the inner man. So there, He's praying that you would be strengthened from the inside, because you, you need to know. When you know you've got the Spirit of God living in you, it strengthens you. It enables you for more. Okay? Philippians 1.8, For God is my record, how greatly I long after you all in the bowels of Jesus Christ, and this I pray, that your love may abound, yet more and more in knowledge and in all judgment. So he's praying that, that you would have discernment, that you'd have more knowledge, and that your love would abound, overflow. So think about the most loveless person that you know. <laughs> Start praying this for them. Father, we pray for Sean. We, I'm joking. I'm just joking. Yeah, pray for someone. That they would start abounding in love. You know, instead of praying, Father, uh, this enemy of mine at the workplace, they're so difficult, please fire them, get rid of them, Father, in the name of Jesus. You know who answers that prayer? The devil. God doesn't work like that. So rather pray for them. Father, may they just start to have a revelation of you so much so that they overflow with love. May they want to just bless me and bless me some more. You know, there's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> Amen? Colossians 1.9 
For this cause, we also, since we, the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you, and to desire that ye might be filled with all knowledge of His will, in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. So we're praying for people to have knowledge of His will, with wisdom and spiritual understanding, that they might walk worthy of the Lord, unto all pleasing, and being fruitful in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God. Those are good prayers to pray for yourself and other people. Okay? Those are good prayers to pray for yourself and for other people. Because if your relationship with God, your revelation of God grows, your relationship with God will grow. If your relationship with God grows and your hearing from God grows, then you're going to be able to be more effective in life, in the marketplace, in studies, in every area of life, in family. If you grow in your relationship with God by praying these prayers and praying them for other people and starting to be more spiritual, this is what this is called, being spiritual. Okay, <laughs> it's very profound. If you be more spiritual, you'll be more effective. You'll, you'll, you'll hit the target more than you don't. Because now you're starting to be fruitful. Amen. So, let's pray. Close our eyes. Father, I thank you right now that as we pray, for those who pray in the Spirit, they would pray in the Spirit. For those who don't, they would just be focused on you. I thank you that all of us, as we're praying and just seeking you, we would just, you would just put, up, just put someone on our heart, Father. Whether they're here or whether they're not here, whether it's someone else. It's not going to be someone who's dead, by the way. That's not what I mean by not here. It's either someone present in this room or present somewhere else. But Father, we just pray right now that you put someone on our heart that we can pray for. Now, I want to encourage you, the first name that pops into your mind, start praying for that person. That first person that pops into your mind, just, just pray for that person. Pray blessing over them, pray protection over them. Whatever's on your heart, start praying for them. Just begin to pray for them. If they're an unbeliever, pray that, uh, that they would come to, just be, that God would send people to them, to, to, to minister to them. Pray that their heart would be receptive. Pray that any spiritual blindness would be uh, gone, just commanded to go in the name of Jesus. Pray for them to be overwhelmed by the love of God, by the knowledge of God. Pray for their salvation, like that. If they're a believer, then ask God, what should I pray for them? Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Now I'm coaching you through this. That's why I'm talking. <clears throat> and as you're praying for them, now I encourage you to, as you, if you're praying for unbelievers, ask God for an opportunity to minister to them, that you would go, if it's at all possible, that you would be able to share the gospel with them. If you don't know how to do that, then you should be in school of the believer. Or ask me, we'll give you some resources. But ask God to show you, to, to give you an opportunity. If you're praying for a believer... Ask God, what can I encourage them in? God, what can I send a word of encouragement, a verse? Is there a way that I can encourage this person? You know, someone, you might, God might be putting on your heart to bless somebody with something. Maybe taking them out for coffee, or just giving them some time, or maybe giving them a gift. God sometimes would speak to us like that, because He communicates in different ways to different people. Father, I thank you right now that we would just know and on your, what's on your heart for people and we would step out in boldness to be able to encourage and to, to bless and to whatever. Just, just see people impacted by your presence, your goodness through us.
in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Father, I pray for every single person in this meeting, every single person listening uh, to the audio. I thank you that you would give us boldness to speak your word this week. I pray, Father, that we would increase in the revelation of you, that we would just, 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 just be deepened in our relationship with you through the knowledge that we received this week, and that it would overflow in love in the name of Jesus. Father, as we go about our daily activities, I thank you that as people come up on our hearts, we would pray for them. We would reach out to them. We would encourage them. That we wouldn't neglect this ministry of prayer in praying for other people, especially as the Spirit leads. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Now, if you've got a word for someone in this room, I want to encourage you before you leave, just go over to them and bless them and encourage them with it. But now let's just stand up together and before we close, just give an opportunity for the Spirit just to minister. And so if you've got a word on your heart, you can come forward and share it. But Father, I thank you right now that you just speak through us to each other, that you encourage us, that you strengthen us. In the name of Jesus, thank you, Father. Don't worry about how simple the word might be or seemingly insignificant. If you've got a scripture on your heart or you've got a word, now's your time to shine. (laughs) Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Um, It's not working. I don't know why I'm holding Um, it. (laughs) I have an image of someone walking through a deep... Um, tunnel it's really dark mm. and scary and very very lame <laughs> um, but at the end you're going to walk out and there's going to be a field and it's going to be beautiful and the sun is going to be shining and there will be no darkness anymore so yeah Amen um, yeah, I think what just goes in line with this is if I get that verse it says Though the fig tree does not blossom and there be no fruit in the vine, yet will I rejoice in the Lord. So no matter what, we rejoice in the Lord. Mm. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father, that no matter what the circumstances, no matter what the issues, I thank you that we can rejoice in you. We, we don't have to look at circumstances and let uh, circumstances de- determine our joy, but we can rejoice in you, Father. In the fact that you are always with us and you will never leave us, you will never forsake us. In the name of Jesus. Now, Anna couldn't be with us tonight, but she sent in a, a word for the service and she said that she believes that, that there's some people who are really just desiring freedom in different areas of your life. And she, she said she, as she was praying, she just saw people being set free. And so if that's you, just respond in your heart. If you want to raise your hands, raise your hands as a sign of receiving from the Lord. doesn't matter what the thing is. Whatever it is that, that you just like, I don't want this in my life anymore. That you just respond in your heart right now and just say, Father, like I, that's for me, I receive. And Father, I pray for whoever is responding to this in their heart right now. I thank you that you came to declare freedom to the captives. And so right now I declare freedom to anyone who feels captive here. Whether it's depression, whether it's a a suicidal thought, whether it's any kind of sin or addiction. I just speak freedom over every single one right now in Jesus' name. 
be free. Jesus is the truth that sets you free. He lives in you. You are free. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. There's freedom inside of you because the Spirit of God lives in you. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Isabella, I just had this picture of, you know those little windmills that you blow? Those little ones? I just had a picture of just a number of them out like on a, like a little bit of a field, like a picnic area. And it's like a nice sunlight for pictures and stuff. So it's that kind of like, that, that kind of scenario. And uh, I saw you kind of just enjoying them and the wind is blowing them and all of this. And with that, I really just felt like God just saying that he really delights in you. And that's kind of the sense that I got with the whole picture was just like God just wanting to express his delight in you and wanting you to know that, that he, uh, 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 you don't have to kind of devalue yourself. You don't have to kind of think less of yourself because he really thinks highly of you and you need to start thinking more highly of yourself. Not in a prideful way, but we're supposed to be thinking of ourselves the way God thinks of us. So Father, I just thank you that whatever that means for, for her, that right now, she would start to see, yourself, see herself through your eyes. Father, I thank you that, that you delight in her. I just feel like God just saying, like, uh, you know, part of his delight in you is that you can ask if you have a need. This is obviously applies to everyone, but I feel like he's just highlighting you because there's things that you need to ask him for. There's things that, 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 that you're kind of wondering how this is going to work out and maybe you're hoping or maybe inside you're kind of thinking about it, but on the outside you need to start speaking about it. You need to start talking to him about it and going, Father, thank you that I can ask. Thank you, Father, that I can talk to you about this situation. Father, I thank you that you're delighting in even the time that she spends with you. I feel like God just like that's one of the highlights is when you make some time just to read the word or just pray or listen to some worship. Like he delights just in that quality time with you. Don't underestimate the power of those times with him. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. I feel like this word is for a number of people. I just see a number of people carrying around this this like a uh, sack, like um, looks like a Father Christmas sack, you know, with full of gifts, <laughs> but it's not. It's actually just a, a a sack of burdens, and it's like it's quite heavy. But you put it, you put some, you've made it into a nice looking sack, so people look at it and they're like, "Wow, that's not so bad," well, you know. They're kind of almost jealous because you've made it sound nice. And I just feel like the Lord's just saying, "Hey, you need to cast your burdens on Him because He cares for you. If you're carrying your burdens," It's, you're stealing from Jesus because it's his job. So I feel like, Edelweiss, this is for you too. I feel like you need to lay down your burdens. You need to stop carrying what's not yours to carry. In the name of Jesus, I think, thank you, Father, right now for freedom as people are letting go of things that are pulling them down and holding them back. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. 
Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father, that you love us so, so much. That, that you even speak to us for us. You don't speak always through other people, but your best is wanting to speak directly to our hearts. And so we just, we just thank you that we can hear your voice because you uh, are our Father and we are your children. So thank you, Father, that we, we know your voice and that whenever we need to, to hear from you, we can just tune in. We can just listen. Thank you, Father. I feel like some of you are going to have opportunities this week where you're going to be like um, just able to, like, while you're talking to someone, go, God, what, what do you want to say to this person? And I feel like I just, I just see a picture of you hearing from him in your heart and, and then just saying, hey, you know, I just wanted to encourage you that and you're going to shoot out a very simple encouragement and it's going to impact people tremendously. Father, I thank you that we're going to have testimonies this coming week as we step out. Even from after the service, as people step out in this room, I thank you, Father, that we're going to see people stepping out this week and encouraging other people. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Last thing, if you're sick in your body or you've got pain, just put your hand on your chest. And let's just, uh, let's just pray. Father, I thank you right now for your healing power to flow in this room for every single person who's feeling sick, for every single person who is sick, for every single person who's got pain or discomfort or whatever the case is. And I just say, be healed, be whole now in Jesus' name. I speak correction to your body. Pain, leave. Whatever is needing to be reversed, and be, be completely mended, be done in Jesus' name. Whatever miracles are necessary, we just speak a release of your power to perform those miracles right now in the name of Jesus. I just feel like God's saying, stop looking at the problem and stop, start looking at Him. Start, stop looking at the problem and start looking at the power inside of you. Stop speaking the problem and start speaking the solution. Stop speaking the problem and start speaking the solution. Start speaking what you want to see. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name. Amen. You can find more of our free teachings on our website, www.gracelife.co. And if you're ever in the Cape Town area, we invite you to join us for one of our gatherings. Our aim is to help you discover Jesus, find family, and experience life. To contact us or to find out where and when we meet, visit our website www.gracelife.co.